Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. New year, new you. Start off 2022 by adding Cornbread Hemp to your health and wellness plan. Cornbread Hemp's organic extra strength CBD gummies deliver 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC to help with your everyday aches and pains. Visit cornbreadhemp.com and use the promo code BIGX for 30% off at checkout. Stressful new year? Don't sweat it with Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! His buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. January 21st, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Hope you're having a great start to your day. This is a big show. We got a lot to get to. First and foremost, Justin, if Roush is going to come in late every day, you think he can at least just mute himself so we don't hear banging and clicking (laughs) and everything else in the background while the show is starting? I think that's the least we could ask, right? Goodness well, gracious! I, I, I've just got to—I've got to hit the computer mute button from now on because my mic one. We each have one on our microphones, and you can click on. It. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. It did not uh, work. It sounded like you dropped a dresser. It did. That's yeah. just the slam in the doors we do in our house. I think if you just maybe logged in at 702 and then mute yourself and then take care of slamming doors and dropping dressers, well, then we, we won't. That, that was the plan. That was the plan. But hey, plans change. Uh, as we are yesterday, plans change all the time. And you just got to be able to adapt, adapt, readapt, adjust, react. That's a that's a nice little segue there. Uh, plans potentially change, or do they? <gasps> do do do. It was a newsworthy worthy Thursday. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports. We'll have him on through the tournament every Friday, and that starts today. So that's right. how you know college basketball really starting to heat up. That will be an hour number two, and a good first appearance for him or reappearance after a little hiatus because there is a lot to talk about in the world of college basketball and let's start it with our favorite hoosier dingus you get a big win last night wow he he called it i called it he did call it uh i'm not giving i'm not giving him any credit for calling it what why oh i'm 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 giving you all of the credit justin you willed it you willed the hoosiers to victory you you called several iu covers that didn't happen your your iu predictions have not been above 500 yeah but i didn't month. 
I didn't call a cover here, though. I called money line. Well, you Indiana's well, going to win this well, game. You, but then you did ask for the three points, unfortunately. And I, <laughs> I, I almost made a deal with you. I was actually thinking this morning we should have done something like if Indiana won outright, I get forty. If Purdue won by more than ten, you get forty. I mean, again, that doesn't seem overly fair, but we what? decided to just go spread. I think, we I think, decided to go spread, and I, you luckily beat Purdue, and you won the bet. Congrats. I think I think Purdue minus 10 would have been more likely than Indiana winning that game outright. No. But you thought Indiana was going to win. I mean, I did. But realistically, did I think we have a chance? Absolutely, because we were playing in Assembly Hall. Did I think we would actually win? Not really, no. Yes, you did. Don't back off of it. You had faith in the Hoosiers, and they won. And they and and it was a it was a good. I mean, obviously, it's a great win for Indiana, and it's nice to beat your rival. Uh, of course, and storming the court is embarrassing. Absolutely, um, but it was a really weird game. Besides, you know, the the goobers storming the court afterwards. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a basketball game between two teams that I consider pretty solid teams. Uh, obviously, Purdue's going to probably be a one or two or three seed come the tournament, and IU is going to make the tournament this year, which is a big deal for them. But it, it's you know, two two tournament teams. So many missed free throws. I know Purdue missed ten. Uh, IU missed several themselves and shot more, but not surprisingly playing at Assembly Hall. But that don't think I've ever seen a game with more combined missed free throws between two teams. Yeah, it was, it was pretty pathetic. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Indiana was ahead comfortable for the majority of that into the first half, into the second half, and then they just kept missing free throws. I mean, Indiana should have been up 10, 15 points late in that ball game if, if they just knocked down a few of the free ones. They're free. And then, Purdue, and then Purdue storms back, and it's like, okay, well, Waters found its level. Purdue's going to win. And then they're up two. They have the ball late in the game. It's like one bucket's going to really end this bad boy. They're not able to do it. And then Indiana gets the ball back. They miss a three badly. And you're like, okay, well, how many threes can they miss? They miss another three. Then they finally hit one to go up one, and Purdue still had a chance afterwards. I had thought that Ivy's three – the bank in three at the buzzer. Oh. I thought that, I mean, that, I thought it was Man, good. I thought it was down so and we were going to get overtime, but not the case. IU gets a big win. And Justin, just a, a few comments on the court stormings. I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this one. If we're being honest, I mean, and I know the emotions have played a huge factor in that one last night. We haven't beat Purdue in the last nine times. Um, the students have been waiting a long time for that. So I, I, I'm not an advocate of the court storming in that situation. Now, the Kentucky one, I agree with. I mean, it, it was the number one team in the country. Oh you hadn't, you, you've been waiting for so long. But this one, this is, come on now. Come on. I mean, oh, I, know, no, we uh, haven't, I one, know we haven't beat Purdue, but that's that's our expectation every year. Well, no, 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 no. See, that's the problem, Justin. This, I celebrate this court storming because that's where Indiana basketball is. You beat your rival once in 20 years and you, you storm the court. That's what Indiana basketball does. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it really is embarrassing if we're being completely honest. Oh, but, I, hey. As soon as I saw them rush the floor, I was like, no, no. You just don't, you just don't need to do it. Like no, the suit infection and the atmosphere is so good. Just party yeah. in the stands. Like have yeah, an absolute bonkers party in the stands. Yeah. And then you save yourself the embarrassment looking like a Furman. No offense. And and that's like that for me, that was my aspect on it. Like, why can't you stay in the crowd, just jump around, go crazy while Purdue's embarrassingly having to shake the Indiana players' hands and walk off the floor? Instead, they're having to deal with the crowd surrounding them and, and hurrying off the floor as opposed to taking their time and saying good game and all that jazz. 
Yeah, it's a, that that scene last night probably doesn't make John Calipari any more willing to want to get back to tie you because there is like a safety factor that goes yeah, into sure, it. And sure. you could say, well, you know, there's safety factors with any court stormings. Yeah, there are. And I'm not like to people can get hurt and have gotten hurt. And it's unfortunate. But like it's not that's not at the top of your list of things that you really worry about. They're college students. They should have fun. All that stuff. You just don't like. I don't think Purdue was probably expecting. Hey, we need to worry about our players directly after the game because they're going to storm. You just don't expect that to happen yeah. at IU, but really you should because I can't think of a Power Five team that has stormed courts more over the last decade than than the Hoosiers. But it is what it is. Maybe they'll write a book about this this team for IU. I know they did back in 2016. But Justin, in all seriousness, I am happy for you. It's just I don't like IU. I don't like them. You're you're a good IU fan. You have softened me up a little bit, but it's like having a, a pet snake roush that bites. It's it's gonna bite you the first time. It's gonna bite you every time. IU, my favorite IU is an IU that I don't have to think about. Yeah, One that's in- just kind of ho hum going through the Big Ten. And then, and then they get good, and it's like, okay, maybe IU fans aren't going to be obnoxious this go-around. Maybe they've been humbled a little bit. Maybe they realize their program isn't what they think, and they've got to climb up this mountain again. Nope, they get one good win, they storm the court again. It's just the same old IU, and yes, I don't like IU, Justin. Unfortunately, but, that's just the, the case for me. But to keep up with your snake reference there, Indiana's like a garden snake. I mean, they're going to bite you once, and it's not going to do any damage. Like, mm-hmm. for me, Indiana... As a Kentucky fan, Indiana is irrelevant. I, I could care less what Indiana does if I'm a Kentucky fan. Uh, that would be the case, if but you just don't have uh, you don't have the ten years ago uh, situation from a Kentucky stand, fan true. standpoint. But, I mean, but and I've then had my whole life. One of UK, uh, you know, one of the games I went to most growing up was the Kentucky Indiana games at, at Freedom Hall. I, I have a bunch of bad encounters with Indiana fans, and you all while uh, you all appear to be a little gardener snake right now, the thing is, it's just you all have never really learned any lesson at all. So the second that you all are ranked or you get a top four seed or something like that, you all are going to think again, you're God's gift to basketball. You're going to just ignore the past several decades and, and, and you're going to be annoying. That's just the way that IU fans are, unfortunately. And I hate to have to label you in that because you're different you're you're not like that you're reasonable you understand what i use been through and i am happy for you personally but i i can't the least favorite basketball program in the country sorry is what it is i I mean i i can't knock you for it i just i don't really understand it but is what it is it's 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 an upbringing sort of deal it's um I mean, and I texted you all this last night. I mean, I used to be the exact same way with Kentucky, and maybe KRC has softened me up a little bit because I'm not that way anymore. But it's also, at the same time, Kentucky has been a consistent program. Kentucky has had success, whereas Indiana hasn't. So I I don't really even know what that is. Well, I want you to be happy, but I don't want I the the collective IU fans to be happy. So I'm not sure how this is all going to play out. Um, but no, it was a great win for IU. I'm, I was happy for you, and we'll see what they do with it. I mean, if you tell me last night before the game, Trace Jackson Davis plays 11 minutes and Indiana wins, I call you an idiot. That's uh, that's I, I'd a, say no that, way. That's why that game was so weird. Is that yeah. they? I mean, the offense looked almost better without 
Trace Jackson Davis yeah. there in the first half, and who in a million years would have ever predicted that could be the possibility? But it was a fun game despite some ugliness to it and the lack of free throws, but it was very exciting. Came down to the wire. I think that's probably because Purdue put so much of their game planning on Trace that when he goes out, you're like, wait, now what? Now well, what, what about all these guys that we didn't prepare for? And then Matt Painter coming out of timeouts just always seemed to have a play oh, that was so just good. perfect so and, like, led to a wide-open layup or something like that. Woodson was kind of getting out coached there on some of those out-of-bounds plays, but ultimately he gets the last laugh, gets his first huge win as the Indiana basketball one of three head coaches, and I am happy for you, Justin. As much as I don't like IU, and all it took was just, like, one moment of relevancy for them for all my old – antiquated feelings to come right on back but i am happy for you and you did call it you were right um i will give you three for the return game at west lafayette is that okay uh no hell no they're gonna stomp our head in the next time we play you don't know that you don't <laughs> i do know that yes, you don't I know do. that uh there was other college basketball last night gonzaga was only up three against san francisco uh, at halftime, they ended up cruising to a win. UCLA was struggling with Utah, but they were able to pull out a win. So I don't think there was a ton of upsets elsewhere. But it is worth at least mentioning the Memphis situation, which Whoa. is not a good one. So um, I don't. I, I saw the video, and I don't know exactly where. I don't know where it went, um, but maybe. And I don't know if it's bleeped out anyways. Yeah, but I don't know if it's bleeped out or not either. Memphis right. loses to SMU at home. SMU is an okay team. Uh, Memphis is not an okay team. I think that moves Memphis to like 10 and 9 on the season. They're they're not very good whatsoever. And Penny is very frustrated, Roush. He's very frustrated. He's dropping F-bombs, which, by the way, Justin, the clip I sent over, it does have the F-bomb uh, muted out. But, uh, man, it's almost like, Somebody who's been coddled their entire kind of career doesn't know how to handle a little adversity. It's weird. So weird. It, Never saw this coming. I don't have an issue with coaches getting mad at media. It's almost always going to be a losing battle because generally media are birds of a feather and they like to stick together. And if you take a shot at the media, it, that one person that you're taking a shot at may not you know, they may learn their lesson or they may be quiet or they may try to play nice moving forward. But, you know, another media member will have their back and write a column about this or that or whatever. It's just never it, you're never in a good you're never going to be in a really winning position when you kind of go after the media, whether it's fair or not. In this case, I'm not following uh, Memphis newspapers and blogs and websites to know exactly what kind of coverage Penny's getting. But I can say that Memphis is a bad basketball team and they have been and totally underwhelming this year they had big time aspirations because they have some nba draft picks on their team they had a great recruiting class and being nine and eight they're nine and eight excuse me being nine and eight is totally unacceptable and the fact that penny would take exception that people are questioning a nine and eight record where I don't know, I think they were preseason ranked. I would be surprised if they weren't, but uh, picked, I, I know that they were the favorite to win their conference. It has just been a total and complete disaster. So here's what Penny had to say after the game. I think the one thing I can say to this media, because this media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me, we don't have our full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, 
then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I thought Benny wanted to smoke. All the smoke. This is going to be a new rule for internet commenters, Twitter users, and media members. If somebody's trying their best, you cannot say anything mean to them. Period. Poor Benny. You, you, you hear that, UFL fans? No more criticizing Mac or Satterfield. They are trying hard. Oh, I just go back to the Penny Memphis quote. This is Memphis. We don't bluff. We want all the smoke. Seems like he just wants a little puff puff and pass the blame off to somebody else. We're young. We don't have our full roster. It's hard, but I'm working hard. I love the the full roster one, too, because he's the only coach that's had to deal with any sort of roster issues over the last two years. Yeah, and I don't even know who they were missing. Yeah, no, not the good players. Or the, the alleged good players. Ned Bates, they had Duran. They didn't have Nolly. So, you know, that's not you, – you'd, you'd want to have him. But besides that, I'm not exactly sure who else they were missing. Uh, <laughs> Your one starter scored double-digit points. That's not good. Penny, that's – and only 11 at that. You don't that's – not, that's not pretty. Your freshmen aren't really clicking. Almost like it was a bad idea to tell Bates that he could play point guard. Because uh, he's, you know, a three or a four, so yeah. not a one. So that's that probably wasn't a good call on your part. And I don't feel one iota of sadness for them. The way they treated Tubby, the way they treated Calipari with bringing him back to honor him because he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And just days after saying that, hey, we're going to do this special night for Calipari, they pulled the rug out from underneath it. They 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 deserve every ounce of this. So suck it to Memphis. I hope you all don't win another game this year. Penny, personally don't have anything against you, but you can't go out there and puff your chest and say, we're here, we'll play anybody, we want to do whatever, we're going to win. Watch out the rest of college basketball. And then when you stink, people are going to wonder what happened. And you can't get bitter about that. You can't get sad about it. You can't get mad about it. You stink. What'd you expect people to do? Give you a little butt slap and tell you you're doing your best and you're working hard and not to worry about it? Very whiny from Penny, unfortunately. It still isn't his best quote of the year. That was when he said that we're playing like an AU team. It's like, well, I wonder why. That one was rich. Yeah, maybe because you have assembled an AAU team and your roster build. And, oh, yeah, you were an AAU coach. Like, that's what you are. You're a good AAU coach. Yeah, and you have coaches that, you know, Mike Miller was there, and then he just kind of dropped out all of a sudden. Then you're bringing Rasheed Wallace as an assistant coach, but now he's not going to be on the bench, and he's going to be in a in an admin role. It's a, it's a mess. What a mess. And as the famous David Wallace said, you can take out your suck it and suck it, Memphis. You yes. deserve all of it. And while that's all going on in college basketball, IU, Memphis, and all that, uh, I can't help but 
think about almost exclusively, Roush, Kentucky's game at Auburn tomorrow? Oh, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, this is the kind of games that we live for as Kentucky fans. Top 10 matchups against uh, Mr. Hyperbole, Bruce Pearl. My gosh, yesterday, yesterday really got me, got me fired up just hearing him talk because like he, he does the thing that I kind of mentioned, like I, I talked earlier this week, about, yesterday about Buzz Williams, love the personality. I like love it and I hate it because he is just, I mean, he made Rick Pitino like sound like he wasn't exaggerating the way Pearl was talking. It was just, this is the biggest game in the history of basketball. I mean, it was just going on and on and on, and I loved it. And now I want to, I want to beat his big dumb sweaty face in down in Auburn. Just want to beat the snot out of these Tigers because they have become so obnoxious, so obnoxious in recent years. And now they like are they they've taken their obnoxiousness to a new level online. Have Have you seen the memes, TJ? I've not. Yeah, that's they they just whenever they win they just blow up the opposing team's account where there'll be, if you look at just the, the, the final score tweet where it's like final in on the planes uh, and it, it'll have 5,000 replies, eight retweets. And they, they just bombard them, absolutely bombard them because they're obnoxious. Uh, they're going to be obnoxious all day Saturday and man, they're going to be super sad whenever Kentucky leaves with a victory. Yeah, suck at Auburn. Yeah. Um, that's a that's like a new trend that is going across social media is when you win, you go to the opposing team's social media and you just flood them with me. Kentucky, go go look at the Tennessee final score thread mm. from Saturday. It, it, I guess it's funny when your team wins and it happens and then you get annoyed by it if your team loses and they do it. But I guess that's a trend because a lot of teams – and. and a lot of teams are doing that. A lot of fan bases are doing. They've probably been doing it for a while, to be honest. Tennessee, with you. Tennessee's I, also like was at, inviting it. They just said yeesh. <laughs> so that that was pretty entertaining. If y'all want to go back and scroll through that, a lot of good folky memes. Oh man, yeah the MV the MVP with his stat line and all that stuff. There there well, was they, there they was some Dan Payne uh, two points, folky zero, like yeah. stuff like that. Uh, well, you know what? Hopefully Kentucky wins, and we'll we'll do it to Auburn's page. We'll we'll flip the script on them. But that's yeah. that's that what sports is supposed to be about. You're supposed to have some fun with this stuff. And I was I'll say this. I'm I'm in, I was impressed with. No, this Kentucky team is not the 2012 UK team. But I was impressed with how much Bruce knew about Kentucky's players, their tendencies, what they do. It, just hearing him preview Kentucky, it's somebody that knows this team. And I, I hope Kentucky's staff is doing as good as a job of detailing how Auburn plays and how tough of a matchup. I mean, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're relating to their team that Jabari, Jabari Smith is going to be a tough matchup for Kentucky. <laughs> He's and, good but, at basketball, <laughs> but I, I, but they did it. It, you know, he came off as an informed coach when talking about Kentucky. And I just, you know, I hope Kentucky's players are going to be as prepared and ready going into this game as it seems Auburn will be. They know exactly that Ty Ty can get to the rim. He can pull up in the mid range and he can also hit threes. They know, uh, I think as Bruce Pearl said, 50-50 balls aren't 50-50 balls for Oscar. 50-50 balls are his balls. It, it, you know, again, you know, cut that if you need to. But uh, <laughs> yeah. and, there's, and there's truth to that. Like a 50-50 ball is not a 50-50 ball when Oscar is one of the ones going for the rebound. So um, they're they're informed. They're going to be ready for Kentucky. But one thing they didn't mention, Roush, UK secret weapon, Shadon Sharp. 
Did oh, you watch- we're saying we're saying Shadon now. Did you see did you see the video with him and CJ Frederick? Oh, I, I did not watch it. I saw it but did not like I just scrolled right by. Did he call him Shadon? The first day he got to campus, Kentucky on his nameplate and like the locker room didn't have the E. So mm-hmm. his nickname on the team now is just Shadon. <laughs> Everybody on the team because... calls it to him. Didn't seem like Sharp really loved it himself, but he, he was being interviewed by C.J. Frederick. Interesting timing of that for UK to release that at 4 <laughs> o'clock yesterday. I also appreciate that it's the total. Uh, we know you don't like this. So as soon as he let them know that he didn't like it, they were only going to call him Shadon for the rest of the time there. Like, yes. that's some good old-fashioned, like, Ah, welcome to the welcome to the team, Shadon. Exactly. That's a good way to like kind of tease him, but you know, still let him get because that's gotta be kind of tough getting into a team middle of the year and trying to like, you know, everybody's boys and having fun with each other. And it seems like they've already taken him under the wing. And that can kind of be difficult for a 17 or an 18 year old. And if the Shadon is the icebreaker that gets everybody going, that's fine with me. But Will we see Shaden or Shadon this season for Kentucky? That was the big news yesterday. Had everybody going crazy. We had a little bit of a nugget drop last week on this exact thing, and I was wondering, is it going to take off? Is it not going to take off? Well, one reporter had a piece of news yesterday that blew this whole thing up. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. We'll get to some of the text line, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And remember – Whatever you're doing right now, pull off the road, find the nearest Thorntons to uh, closest to you, get yourself some donuts and some coffee. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. We will be back to talk about the latest with Shadon Sharp here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We are the Sultans. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. He's a lot like Trevor Kelsey. He's just a movie, TV. Oh. He just always wants to watch something. Is that a... Okay. Oh, that's not a stab. No, yeah, no, that's I not a stab at all. No. Like, oh, he's up till 4 a.m., uh-huh. sleeps until 1. Enjoys the devil's lettuce. Yeah. He does not enjoy the devil's lettuce. Okay. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Remember, this is mega. I'm I'm, I'm giving it the, the label. It's a mega sports Saturday, folks. Oh, wow. Mega I, sports Saturday. You know, I don't throw those out lightly, Roush, but cancel any plans you have potentially with family. If you got some dumb reunion or birthday party you don't want to go to, cancel. Mega Wedding, sports Saturday. Get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it is too big of a sports Saturday to have to be spending time doing really anything else besides watching sports. You get the Cats at one against Auburn. That's going to help lead you into that Bengals playoff game against the Titans, which it feels like uh, the Kentucky the Kentucky area is, is somewhat split in their fandom. The northern eastern part of the state, southwestern part of the state, uh, different allegiances here in this game, which is really exciting. And then you'll roll that bad boy into the pack attack game. 
which I am just super pumped up for. Zadarius Smith is back. Randall Cobb is back, baby. And Jair Alexander should be back as well. And Green Bay has just got that. They've got that cloud hanging over them. You got to get one more Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Their playoff run starts Saturday night. Mega Sports Saturday. Don't worry about food on Saturday. Yes, you will need to eat. But let Salsaritas take care of it for you. Just get a mess of Salsaritas catering for your Mega Sports mm-hmm. Saturday. And then anytime between one and probably getting up close to midnight, around 1130 is when that Packers game is going to end. You'll have wildly addictive chips. You could have a taco bar. You could create your own burrito. A little later in the day, you can kind of take some of the leftovers and maybe make your own quesadilla. They'll provide everything for you, by the way. Whatever you do, let Salsaritas take care of you this weekend. Check out their catering options. It's cheaper than a lot of – it's cheaper than everywhere for what it's worth. You can do it all online on your phone and save money by downloading the Salsaritas app. You don't have to necessarily talk to anybody, and they'll deliver it right to your door and help you get it set up inside your home. So if you've got an event this weekend or you're just going to be a lazy bones on the couch, there's nothing wrong with that on a Mega Sports Saturday. Let Salsaritas take care of you. they got two locations in Louisville. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthew's, newly renovated. We love our friends at Salsaritas, and you will too. Definitely, especially while you're enjoying all of your football, all of your basketball. It's going to be a great, great weekend. Uh, I'll just say this before we get to Shadon. Um, the only game that I'm super confident in, Chiefs over the Bills. Love love the Chiefs over the Bills. I'm, on the, I'm the opposite of that, Roush. That's because the, the Bills have been kind to you as of late, but I just well, no. I love the experience in the spot, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I, I'm, I've got, I've just got to, I got to roll with Pat Mahomes. I, I've got to go with the Bills just because that cornerback that got arrested for the Chiefs. Well, will he be back by Saturday or Sunday whenever they play? I, I didn't even realize that. I'm more so thinking of, I think the Bills, um, what's a good way to put this? Um, they had their emotional big time win over the Pats last weekend. It was a big suck it to New England. And they're gonna they're gonna have a come down moment like that. They, they can't ride that way forever. It's not gonna be as bad as Kentucky at Texas A and M, but I, I do think that they played too perfectly on Saturday in a very emotional win. And so I I, I just I really like Kansas City. Uh, so John, go ahead, write it down, smack it on the bottom. Take the Chiefs minus two and a half. That's at least what I got. If, if Ralph likes it, take the Bills. Ralph, you want to trade that ten dollars again? Oh, wow. So you're gonna end up giving it back to me if you Justin's want. If you, if you want to in on it, we can we can have it. You can get you can trade it right back. Right for the Bills lose. All right, ten Bills. Yeah, there we right. go. It's a deal. No, um, no points. We're doing straight up money line. Okay, okay, that's fine. Oh, whatever. Uh, that's fine with me. I. Well, that's good that's for you. Roush. Deals. That's great for Roush. Yeah, yeah, it's great for me. I don't know uh, what Roush, bit of the doubt was last night, but I guess Roush needs make. a little bit of an advantage. I I, I don't know though how. The Sharp Camp does deals. We don't know what's going on this deal between uh, Kentucky and his NBA future, uh, but there was a lot of speculation about, well, can he go pro? They say he's going to stay. Is he going to play? A lot of questions. And then yesterday, seemingly out of nowhere, Jonathan Giovanni says, Shaden Sharp is eligible for the NBA draft in 2022. And if he does play for Kentucky, it's happening soon. And TJ, I'm I'm curious your initial reaction to this story, because uh, 
my biggest question isn't so much about what that means for next year or anything like that. It's just like, why now? Uh, I, that that's the part that perplexes me most. Like, why now? Are they trying to get him to force Cal's hand to play him? I, the, the timing of it seems weird to drop this news that uh, apparently everybody had known for a long time. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about all this. First off, I can't help but think that this all, this coming out when it did is my responsibility. Now, hang with me here for a second, but okay. I do think – I do think I am to blame because you had a a very innocent video last week that did not get any attention, but it was Travis Branham who does a great job with basketball recruiting. And he, I think he was on the, 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 the Jeff Goodman show, the, what is it? Field of 68 or whatever it's called. And they, I guess we're talking Kentucky it got brought up, hey, you know, Kentucky's playing well. Things are going great. And they've got Sharp on the bench. Are we ever going to see him? And what's going to happen with that? And Travis dropped, well, I don't think you will. And he's also eligible for the draft this year. So I don't know if you're ever going to see him in a Kentucky jersey. And that had been speculated on when he committed and enrolled. But the reason people weren't really worried about it is because Jonathan Giovanni came out in November and said, listen, folks are worried about him going to the draft. Don't be. He will not be eligible. He did not finish high school before the NBA season started, and you have to have finished high school before the NBA season started to be eligible in that following NBA draft. You all don't have anything to worry about. Okay. All right. People were still kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, we'll see. But if Jonathan Giovanni, Mr. NBA guy, says this, let's just, it's not worth worrying about. We'll move past it. Uh, we'll assume that he'll be back for the following year because you had Giovanni doing that and you had Sharps Camp being like, no, we don't want to play this year, but we do just kind of want to sit, learn, and hit the ground running for the 2022 2023 season. So everything was kind of smooth until Travis Branham said that. And nobody picked that up last week. And I think I was one of the few that I saw that tweeted that, that I was like, um, Travis Branham saying that he's definitely eligible for the draft. This completely contradicts what Giovanni said about a month ago, or several months ago at that rate, three months ago in November. And still nobody picked up on it, or nobody cared, or nobody. But what I think happened was Giovanni saw that, and then he was like, okay, this isn't a good look for me. I was the one saying that he wasn't going, that he wasn't eligible for the draft. I'm going to dig into this a little bit deeper. And then once he realized, oh, he will be eligible for this draft, he's like, well, I need to, I need to kind of correct what I was wrong about. He didn't come out and say that. He didn't say, hey, I'm following up. I was wrong earlier. It turns out I'm it, it has changed. But I think he just wanted to get ahead of it and say, listen, I, he is eligible. And then so once Giovanni said that, kind of going back on what he initially said, everybody started freaking out. Everybody picked it up this time, Roush. It wasn't going to be like the Travis Branham video that kind of slipped through the cracks. Now it was a 10-alarm fire here, and people are wondering if they're ever going to get to see Sharp play a meaningful minute in a Kentucky basketball jersey. And, folks, maybe Kyle Tucker's right. So here's the deal. Travis Branham's talking to the Sharp camp. And, correct, correct. And, and Kyle Tucker's Kyle's talking to UK, UK staff. Right, so right, right. UK is trying to tell everybody, listen, we're aware of all this. This isn't a surprise to us. We're This doesn't change anything for us. We're not worried. And, and, and folks just kind of need to let this play out the way that it's going to play out. 
Travis Branham said to Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald leader, I'd be shocked if he ever played in a Kentucky jersey. Not that, hey, I don't expect it to happen. Eh, it's up in the air. Who knows? He'd be shocked if he ever plays in a Kentucky jersey. I, I, I will say, in all this conversations, we've got a lot of, I'd be shocked, I'd be stunned. That was Sam Vecini's words. Um, he'd be stunned if he played, if Sharp played for UK. Um, so I, th that, that also doesn't help things, too, is that, not only are we getting different reports, but we're getting also varying degrees of takes. I do like your theory, though, that Branham's um, video got Giovanni to have to start digging. The only the only problem I have with that is that would imply that folks actually watch anything that happens on that field of sixty eight. <laughs> That's, that's, that, that's the only problem well, I, I did. <laughs> I did. Well, at least just that one clip I did. But yeah, maybe they didn't have to watch it themselves. They just they, they saw my tweet or they saw some other folks rumbling about it or, or whatnot. Um, I, I'm just I, this isn't Kyle's talking to UK. So, you know what UK saying? I don't need to reach out to anybody. And, and I'm certainly not as plugged in as Kyle is with the staff anymore anyways. But I and I'm not talking to NBA people and I'm certainly not talking to anybody in Sharps camp. All I'm saying is he's going to be a lottery pick this upcoming year. It would be it would be shocking to pass that up. Yes. And, and I'm not saying what I want to happen or what I would do, but I covered recruiting long enough to kind of know the mindset of some of these recruits. And just it's common sense to some degree. He has a golden ticket to never have to risk injury or letdown and you could get a lottery you could get a, a lottery pick paycheck i'm sorry you're just not passing that yeah. up you're just not passing that up it's if it was my kid i'd probably be saying the same thing as much as it stinks for kentucky i, I don't know if and i and i don't i don't know i don't blame kentucky for bringing him in if they knew that all this was a possibility like they're saying okay that's fine i still would have brought him in if this is a surprise to them and they actually thought they were going to get him for next year and they're kind of taken aback by this, but they have to say all the right things, I still think you bring him in. If you have a chance to bring in the number one player and they tell you that they may want to play or what if what if just even going through individual workouts, he got hurt and said, you know what, I can't go to the draft now. I need a place to stay. I, I don't the, – the folks that are, feeling, are saying Kentucky's going to get played in all this, we're going to look dumb, this is – this is this is none and done. This is an embarrassing look for Calipari. I sh I strongly disagree yeah. with all that. Mm -hmm. It's just worth the risk to bring in a player as good as him. And if it ends up Kentucky getting burnt, I'm annoyed, just like you all are. That stinks, but you still do it. You still bring him in, just in case the chances that he ends up playing, just in case the chances that he is being truthful and wants to come back for 2022, 2023. All I'm and maybe maybe that was their plan. I don't know. I can't get inside these people's brains, but all I can say is if you're given that opportunity to never have to dribble a basketball and you could be a lottery pick, you're you're dumb not to do that, unfortunately. You're well, and like it's a dumb decision to pass up that money. And some people are saying, Well, why doesn't Paulo Benchero and Jabari Smith, why don't they just quit right now and not play another game? Apples and oranges. You can't compare joining a team in the middle of the year with being with a program since early summer last year. And part of that's also a factor in 
they're further along than 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 Sharp is, and they're they're a little bit more adapted to the college game. So it's apples and oranges making that comparison. Could Sharp help himself by playing? Yes, he could. But could he hurt himself by playing? Yes, absolutely. He probably could. more likely. And the second yeah, he plays, yeah. the mystery, the the surprise aspect of all this goes out the window. Mm-hmm. So that news yesterday was bad news if you wanted to see Sharp play for Kentucky. Um, and I, I would be shocked if we do end up seeing him play for Kentucky. That's not inside info or anything like that. That's oh, just we've got another. I'd be shocked. All right. Check, mark it down. I'm, I'm, I'm with the, yes, I'm with the other camp that would be shocked. Now, I will say, now maybe Calipari says, okay, listen, you're going to play this year. Whether, you know, you, you you made a promise to us, we made a promise to you, go out there and play. You're not going to hurt your stock that badly in limited minutes here or there. I still think if I were sharp, I'd be like, no, probably, probably not going to do that. <laughs> but if I'm Kentucky, I try to play him this year. I just see if you can get anything out of him because he's – he he's gone. And Kyle had an article last night. Uh, another yeah. one. I read that, it. It was with him and Vicini. And you know what? All of the talking points from the UK camp, while there's some logic to it, it just doesn't trump the ultimate rationale. Doesn't play as a top ten pick, no matter what. Like that. That just you cannot. Uh, that is such a hard thing for me to get by. Like yes, experience. Uh, you know, there was a line in there like. Ultimately, he wants to be the best overall player, not just a high draft pick, which, I mean, yes, but that's also is a very idealistic way to look at things. And uh, basketball recruiting has made me a cynic over the last decade. And so I'm not going to be idealistic in this scenario. I would love to see Shade and Sharp play. Um, I think Tuesday night, you're hosting Mississippi State. That would be an e- that'd be a, a, a good way to ease him in instead of just throwing him to the Wolves at Auburn. I still... Don't believe this garbage that like he's not like what he hasn't had a real practice with the team yet. What the hell is he doing then? Uh, that 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 well, I you're don't really you're, just, you're, you're hurting the team. Yeah, you're hurting you're hurting the team by not practicing with them. You pra- uh, was practicing with Kentucky last year, so and, why and, would Sheboy be doing it? And you could say, well, he was a college player. He was a little bit more well adjusted. It's basketball. Yeah, it like is, learning is, how you operate during practice is not that difficult. Like he he's he's practiced before. This isn't rocket science. It's it's playing a game. Like he can figure it out pretty quickly. Speaking and I'm, of, or, sorry, go ahead, Justin. I was gonna say, speaking of rocket science, I I guess I'm one of the only ones that don't understand. But and hopefully you all do. But how I don't hell, under, I don't understand rocket science either. No, I'm just I'm trying to figure out how the hell is this kid of eligible for the 2022 draft when he got out of high school in December. Well, because he, according to the AU coach, he completed his coursework over the summer. Now, that's that's when we have uh, the NBA has to come in and like say, actually, yes, they have to give their stamp of approval that he did complete his coursework prior to the start of the NBA season. And that's kind of the semantics we're in right now, Justin. If, and that's if, why there's okay. so much mystery around it. Well, that that makes sense. But if that is indeed the case and he did finish those classes in the summer, why is he not getting to Kentucky until January? Why not? Why not flip your your year and enroll early, even earlier? Yeah, it, it wouldn't technically have to be in the summer either. It just have to be before the start of the NBA season. But I, yes, I I agree with that. You know, if you got it done, why didn't you know you should have joined the second that you had a chance? Now I know, of course, we've learned a lot this week that Kentucky has the strictest when you can enroll and when you can't enroll stuff. So maybe he had missed the the fall window and he wasn't allowed to. Um, but and 
and th that was the kind of the theme of that Kyle Tucker story was, yeah, and you'll still have to apply for the NBA and the NBA. Maybe, maybe the NBA doesn't agree with those requirements, or maybe it turns out that he didn't finish before the NBA. They'd have to go through all that paperwork. I have a hard time believing Branham and Giovanni would be so adamant that he'd be eligible without at least seeing some evidence that like, hey, here's his last grade. See, it's dated. September 2nd. So, see, he is going to be ill. I have a tough time believing they're just going to take somebody's word on that stuff and then go out there and run it. So, I don't doubt that he'd get the NBA would give him the check mark to be able to play. NBA teams, if they're if you believe in conspiracies with that, they would love to have him. They're, they're, sometimes they worry about busts and whatnot. But with Sharp, any team, I think, would love his potential, especially, you know, picks anywhere 8 through 14. And ultimately, this co does come down to money. I don't doubt that he's making a ton at nil. Maybe he could make so much that it could convince him not. I, I still no. I just I'm not. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah. I can't even talk myself into it. A lottery pick. And while there is a difference between number one pick and the back end of the lottery, it's about seventeen million dollars, um, which is significant. You're still talking about if you're the last. If you're pick fourteen, I think it's nine million dollars in guaranteed money for him not having to dribble a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it'd be kind of silly to pass that up. I hope that he does. I hope that we get to see him. If I'm Calipari, I'm getting him in a game as soon as possible. Maybe not this Saturday, just given the environment or help, you know, you throw him in there and let him have two minutes and just see if he can bring a little energy, let him kind of I mean, get the, 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 the atmosphere monkey off his back, if you will. And then you can kind of hit the ground running a little bit more when you get home in an easier game, but I'm playing him unless he tells me, no, I'm, I'm trying to get him in a game. They almost had to play him at a and uh, we, we don't know Kellen Grady's status. Cal is going to meet with the media at 10 15. So I'm expecting that to be a newsworthy event. Um, but like, if you're, if you've got the foul trouble and then maybe another injury, like you, you, kind of might need him in spots. So that's why I, I think ultimately, I think the answer to my question of why is this being released now, it's definitely put pressure on one party or another. It's for the NBA to declare him draft eligible or for Cal to play him. And I kind of think it's the former. I kind of think it's a way to say, all right, let's, especially the, if he's going to play this year, it's going to be in the next one to two games. I think that's a, put him in the damn game, Cal. Like that, why? Why else would you have that little caveat of one to two games in there? Yeah, I found that little caveat interesting. And again, I, I will really try to. Kentucky fans generally overreact. The whiners or the whiners. I would tr just. This isn't really worth getting upset over. Now, if Kentucky ends up not having Sharp next season and Calipari didn't bring in another good recruit, a lot, a lot of people are thinking Mookie could potentially reclassify or Wagner potentially. Um, I would look at a transfer potentially as well. You know, if the roster is deficient next season, Roush, or there's some holes missing in it where you thought you were going to have sharp, okay, then then that's an issue. We can complain about that when that happens. It's just not really super worth getting upset over right now just because nothing technically has really changed. Um, we weren't anticipating seeing Sharp anytime soon, or if you were, Kentucky's been telling you kind of the opposite. So I guess you just need to listen to them. And then if he ends up leaving, then we can get all worked up in the summer about that and, and all those things. It's just not really worth being a distraction right now. And that's where I will throw some criticism Kentucky's way. If you knew this all along and you knew this was a possibility, then why didn't you come out and say this in November? Why didn't you say, listen, uh, 
Giovanni said that he's not going to be eligible. He actually could be. We just need folks to know that he could be. He could end up leaving. We're not sure how this is going to play out, but he's here now. He may end up playing. He may not. Everybody like they could have just gotten out in front of this instead of it kind of blowing up right when it has. Uh, so if they knew all this stuff, and this isn't a surprise to them whatsoever, right, they handled right. it. They handled it poorly. <laughs> they handled it yeah. poorly, and they allowed it to kind of blow up in the middle of the season, where at least for right now, it's a distraction. I don't think the team's going to be distracted by it heading into the game tomorrow. This the the team shouldn't really be distracted by it at all. So at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. But it was poorly played by Kentucky. You could have handled this much better. Yes, you, yes. You could have uh, controlled the narrative, and you didn't. Right, uh, because they wanted to keep it quiet. They thought that was in their best interest. Um, I do just uh, – I, I think there's just so many reasons, if you're a Kentucky fan, to be annoyed with so many parts of the story. And I don't blame Kentucky fans for one bit for being annoyed by it. The, the one that uh, always gets me is uh, – and, like, I'm sometimes guilty of this too. Like, if a player makes, like, a draft decision or something, the as expected or, like, we all knew this – having that little like uh we've known this all along from from Kyle was really like oh did you well then why didn't you tell us huh well, yeah I there's nothing just... more journalist loves than not being surprised by some news and uh Aaron Torres <laughs> was supposedly all over it too oh really okay good yeah, th this wasn't a surprise to him either oh oh okay good uh, I'll just I... say this if you're a media member like if if <laughs> And, and we, you know, we're technically in that boat too. If a good chunk of a fan base is surprised by something, but you're not, then you didn't, you didn't do your job. You yeah, didn't do your and, job. And I, you know what I think it's uh, more, I, I think it's a good reflection of this is a little deep, but the reflection of the business we're in now, where in order to keep sources happy, you'll keep some stuff quiet. But like, at what point is that journalism or just being a mouthpiece, you know, like that, like, there's a very blurry line here um, between being a journalist who's going to report the news versus like, I'm just going to tell them whatever. I'm going to break news, whatever this agent tells me about their player, whatever these coaches tell me about their player, um, whatever this player's camp is going to tell me. Because I, I would assume that G Giovanni, he's breaking stuff out of Sharp's camp, right? I, I, yes. I, so like, I don't. That's what like they want that out now, but I mean it's just we're we're in such a weird spot right now. And in Kentucky terrible. again, while I think they mishandled this from the get go, you have a chance to kind of make it right again when you talk today. I think they're talking today. Yeah. It just you know come out and I think honesty just goes a long way with a fan base. If you come out and say, listen, he he will be eligible for the draft this year. He still is telling us that they pl he plans on being here for 2022, 2023. But we can't control him, and we hope that he is. And if he's not, we'll support him if he goes to the draft. But, yes, he will be eligible, and it's something they will consider at the end. Like, I, I just think honesty goes a long way. Uh, I think it, it helps you if things end up not going as planned. And, you you know, you because things can change, and people can change their minds. I just think if they come out and they say, yeah, this isn't news to us. We, we still are confident in everything that's going to happen, but we'll just have to wait and see. I, I just I think they need to. Oh, to give I, a, can, I can write as the straight quote. as an answer as they realistically can give. That, that the plan hasn't changed. That's still the plan. Like that's what we're going to hear today, and people are going to roll their eyes. Probably so. Yeah, it's going to be very, very annoying. And I think the p part that annoyed me the most when I heard it because my initial reaction was like, 
oh god are you serious like we we just had a fun like ugly win on the road and now we have a chance to go knock off one of the best teams uh, no the best team in college basketball in their home arena with an obnoxious coach that i love to watch sweat and be just scream on the sidelines like I, I want all my attention on kicking Auburn's ass, not about whether or not this kid will play or not, because it's it's just not fun as a fan to know whether or not the best player on your team next year is going to be here, or, or or if he's just ever going to play. Like I, I want to see just number twenty one on the court at some point, ever. Like that, well, that's, that's all. Well, I, want. I, I don't I don't care as much about that. Like I'm I'm focused on this year. This team, it's a fun group. If he can add something to this team, I would say try it. If he can't, then that's okay too. I'll worry about next year after this season. And with the way the transfer portal is nowadays, like Kentucky can can still be a top 10 team next year without Sharp. Now, of course, we got all excited about getting to see him play and it would change maybe some expectation, expectations heading into next season. But I, I'll worry about that after this season. And I, I would recommend most Kentucky fans do the same because this team's really fun. It's really good. They can win a national championship. They have a huge game tomorrow, as Roush, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this year, and I'll worry about that stuff when it happens. Yes, it's, it's at least for yesterday and maybe today. It's a minor distraction, or at least it's something to talk about. It's not going to impact this year. It shouldn't. And then next year, we've got plenty of time to worry about it, be doom and gloomers, whine, get upset, yeah, get mad, just, get angry. Let's just table that till the end of the season. Just all of the that would be my is just – it's not fun. And ultimately, I just don't expect to see 21 playing for Kentucky. And if that ends up happening, so be it. Kentucky basketball will go on. Life will go on. And again, if Kentucky ends up stinking next year and they don't have Sharp and Calipari got burnt and all this stuff, then we'll complain about it then. It's just not worth doing it right in this moment, in my opinion. But folks are going to do what they want to do. And what we have to do is go to a commercial break because we got Bobby Regan coming on next. Yes, let's do it. He'll have some takes on all this, but uh, curious uh, also X and O standpoint, his thoughts on Kentucky and Auburn as well. So we'll come back. We'll talk with him from Barstool Sports. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. Here Roll on Call. Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. It's Friday. The weekend is near. We're happy that you're spending your final hours in the office with Kentucky Roll Call to get you ready for a huge weekend. We'll talk all about it here in hour number two. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And remember, hit up Thornton's, download the app, save yourself a few cents each and every time you go to the pump. It adds up, I promise you. We love our friends at Thornton's. We're going to get Bobby Regan off from Barstool Sports here soon. I, I really need a Thornton's breakfast burrito. So I think that's happening this morning after the show. The plan is a KRC lunch today. I don't know if either of you all have had a change of plans with that, but we do our monthly KRC lunch. We're planning on doing it today, I think. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm ex- wow. looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, Will, big day. Trevor, I think, is out of town, so I think he's out. Will the boss man show up? Not a chance. <sighs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's. An, I don't think he would deem it important enough business. But we've got stuff to talk about. Oh, plenty of stuff to talk about. We really, we got, we're, and we're gonna, we're gonna eat some seafood. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be exciting. I'm on the seafood diet. It's, it's, it's well, we're just getting ahead of Lent, Roush. Just getting a, a feel for it. Fridays, seafood, just kind of, kind of feeling it out. So I'll, I'm sure there will be no of, of interest stories or notes from this lunch, but if there are, we'll talk about that on Monday. Justin. He's getting Bobby Regan on now, and he's let us know. He's ready. Oh, oh, okay. There you have it. Let's just – I don't like making guests wait. Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports. Bobby, it's good to hear from you again. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Well, we were just talking about our seafood lunch that we have planned for today, but besides that, not too shabby. We're doing pretty well. I did have – before we talk sports, I've got to bring up the dozen trivia and talk to you <laughs> about that a little bit. Of course. I kind of want a fangirl. First off, I think it's one of the most entertaining things Barstool has done. If you haven't watched the trivia, and the fact that it's on Sling and I get to just watch it from my couch uh, is amazing as well. But it's a trivia show. Can you just uh, mention how it kind of became so big? I know you all have been doing it for at least over a year now, probably a couple of years. Uh, it, it, so it started in quarantine. Um, it, it's, a, it's a Jeff D. Lowe creation. Uh, and it started where it was Brandon Walker and PFT on the team, and there's a couple, it's teams of three versus those two is kind of how it started, and I think there was like four teams that kind of started it, just rotating, you know, episodes throughout the week, just obviously in quarantine, you're trying to find things to do, and what's easier than trivia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just took off, and people liked it, it was, too, you know, doing well numbers-wise, all the employees were like, well, wait a minute, I want to play too. Um, and Jeff was like, all right, well, form a team, and you're like, then you're in. So it was very much just like figure out who you want to be on the team with or just you know, put, you know, put, put together a team. And then it became teams of three, and now we have everything from names to logos to T-shirts to a, a whole tournament last uh, May, I think it was. We're in season two. There's an all-star game coming up, which you can vote for. Um, it's it's all it's it's awesome. Like it's 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 a great production. Um, it's it sounds so simple because it's it's trivia, but uh, what Jeff did with it has been unbelievable. Yeah, and the reason it's such a a, a big success and hopefully a money maker is because everybody can just play them you know you can play from home you, yeah the team right. aspect is is great and it's funny to hear some answers and people's train of thoughts and it's your favorite barstool personalities but it, it's you know I, i'm a big jeopardy watcher myself but this is almost more relatable you get funny questions you get uh, i i love you know kind of that the, the halftime if you will where you got to kind of rattle off around, a bunch yeah. of different things yeah the, the whole the whole it's a it's a it's a huge success but one of what I'm kind of leading into, one of our texters on the Thornton's text line wants me to say, tell Riggs he's a snake and he'll never win another game of trivia again. <laughs> wow. You've, you've been the center of controversy this week with trivia because you traded yourself. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, this is I, – people – do people not understand sports? Like, do people <laughs> not understand trades happen? Do people not understand that GMs look at the rosters and say, hey – if I can better myself, if I can better the team, why wouldn't we do it? 
I traded myself. Guess what? It was smart. Like, it is it is it? Do people typically trade themselves? No, but this is trivia. I can do whatever I want. I traded myself, and it was worth it. And I would do it again. I might trade myself like every week just for that for that commitment at this point. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you want to win a championship, right? Right. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah. Like, listen, I love Dante. I love Hank. We made a run to the title game last year, the title match. However, you want to classify it, trivial league, but. Like, we were in 13th, like, a spot opened up on a, a team with another, and yeah, like, I, I traded myself to a team with another top five player, but guess what, like, it's a super team league at this point, so, yeah, I traded myself, I, again, I'm addicted to trades now, I legit want to trade myself every week. <laughs> well, we love it, I wanted to just kind of pick your brain on it a little bit, because it, it is, when when it's on, it's, I, I think it's better than Jeopardy. It's just because it's, you know, you have college basketball questions and yeah. you do logos and, nothing, and you do team names. The, you know, the questions that I can't do, though, are the ones where they morph the two faces together. And every uh, time so, I I'm, know I've got I'm one so of them. I'm so bad at it. Yeah. It, 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 it's like, man, I, I know one. What's the other one? And every time, whenever they show the, the big reveal, you're like, gosh, how did I not think of it? It's so, so frustrating. I know. I'm always my like, just tell me what they're in. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. My wife it probably doesn't fall under like the 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 bar stool umbrella, um, but she it's her favorite trivia show too, and that's her favorite question. Rouch is is, is the celebrity mashups. Um, she'll like, I just want you know. She'll she'll put like her hands around the face and not see the hair, and then she'll cover up the face and see the hair yep. and see if she can figure it out that way. All I know is I'm begging one person in the league to pick 2010's Kentucky basketball as my niche round. I've I throw it out every time. No one ever picks it. I just want one person to pick it. <laughs> you you dominate it. There'd be no doubt about it. Right. Uh, Kentucky's been doing its fair share of dominating, with the exception of that Texas A&M game on Wednesday. But before that, one of the biggest margins of victories and wins of any Calipari team. You'd have to go back yeah. to I think the '96 team. They have been playing really well, stumbled a little bit at A&M, but able to find a way to win that game. We haven't gotten to talk to you this season. Bobby, what do you make of UK up to this point? I know it's a loaded question. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they are in, you know, this college basketball season is a lot like 2020 or 2014 where it's wide open. Like, we don't have, you know, last year was Gonzaga, Baylor, big gap to everybody else. And college basketball is kind of like that where every so, you know, it's, it's cyclical, right? So every few years you get this kind of chaotic where you're going to see a lot of upsets. The the top five spots are going to rotate in and out. Kentucky's in that group of, you know, I, I think there's a borderline tier one, tier two, um, and that's where Kentucky is, right? Like it's it's some some order, Gonzaga, Baylor, Auburn, Kentucky, Kansas. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. Purdue I'd probably still throw in there, and, and there's probably not, there's another team I'm forgetting. But those are the teams that, and, and and the A&M win kind of solidified that for me where, like, A&M's a, a, a decent team, right? Like, they're a borderline bubble team on the road in a in a, in a tough environment. Like, 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 I think that's safe to say. We all saw what happened, you know, how the crowd was going. You played awful and you still find a way to win. Like, that's – I was talking to a, a, a buddy who's a Villanova graduate about it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I was really impressed because that's how, like, Nova wins the Big East. They, they, they go to Mark, you know, or they go to DePaul and find a way to squeak out a win when they, they shoot three for 24 from three. And that's kind of what Kentucky did. And, and, you know, nobody really played well. 
there wasn't a guy where you're like, oh, that's that's where it was. Like he hit, you know, he was on fire, and that's what carried us. No, they just kind of found a way to win, and I think that really solidified it as. And it was a big mental gap too, right? Like the, the Notre Dame loss was there, the LSU loss was there, the all last year was there. When are these guys going to win a close game on the road? Well, they got over that hump against a team that I think is going to be on the bubble pretty much all year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I that's basically what we said on Thursday is that it was ugly, but those wins are important, and you probably yeah. were, out of the, if you're ideally going to win a national championship out of the six wins, they're not all going to be pretty. You got to find a way to win a game where things aren't going your way, and they're not working. But I think everybody would be in agreement that that level of performance won't carry the day tomorrow against Auburn. Kentucky's going to no, bring no. at a minimum an A-minus game, and even that may not be enough because it's going to be another absolutely wild atmosphere. $250, Bobby, just to get standing room only. T- I didn't yeah. know they even did standing room only tickets in basketball arenas anymore. But that's what it is just to get in the door at Auburn. They're saying the hottest ticket they've ever had. Auburn knocking on the door, being the number one team in the country. They're undefeated in conference play. This is a colossal game. How 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 great of a chance does Kentucky have going in there and finding a way to, to steal a win? So it's weird. Like I don't know if I'd classify it as a colossal game. Like it, it's a colossal game in the sense of, hey, if a casual fan wants to watch, like this is how you sell college basketball. Kentucky's playing with complete house money, and I know Kentucky fans. Like it's weird to hear that a loss doesn't matter, right? Like a loss doesn't hurt you. Kentucky's projected two three seed right now. A loss, guess what? You're still a projected two three seed. A win though. That's how you get to the one seed line. You're like Kentucky still has a path there because the, the the remaining schedule is ridiculous. But a win at Auburn starts that path so much earlier. But it's it, it's house money. Like a loss, even if Kentucky loses by double digits, it's not the end of the world. Like yeah, it'll be annoying, and, and you want to see them play well. But in the grand scheme of things, from the Kentucky aspect, this game is is it's house money. From the Auburn side, it means everything in the world because you have to win at home. In t- you know. So one time these teams play in the regular season, if, if Auburn wants to win the, the SEC title, they need to you know, obviously protect home court, especially against the, you know, when you're talking to two best teams, it's Auburn and Kentucky. And to, in order to stay in that, that top four, otherwise Kentucky's jumping them in, in the eyes of pretty much everybody. So it's house money from Kentucky. For Auburn, it means everything in the world. We're talking with Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports, and Bobby's helping us get ready for the Kentucky-Auburn game tomorrow. I know that there's going to come a point in this game, Bobby, where I'm going to be very annoyed with either – I'm just – I'm curious, what am, what's going to frustrate me the most tomorrow? Is it going to be Bruce Pearl sweating on the sideline? Is it going to be Jabari Smith getting hot? What part of this game is going to frustrate Kentucky fans the most? So, I think there are two – Two things that I'm, as a Kentucky fan, like I'm most concerned about, it's going to be severe wheeler turnovers against Auburn's. I mean, we saw what A&M did where they trapped him. And, and A&M runs a weird defense. It's like a cover two, the way they drop and trap and then kind of take away the, the lane and the pick and rolls. Auburn's a lot more um, jump and trap happy versus what A&M does, especially in the half court. But... I mean, Wheeler's passing. Sometimes it's like it's the pressure. You're just like, what? Like, what? What? What are you doing, man? Come on. Um, I'm I'm already going to be frustrated at that. And then Auburn's going to hit some long threes, 
and it's going to be guys that are like 31% three-point shooters. They're going to pull up because this is how Auburn plays. They're going to pull up from 35 feet, and it's going to go in. And you're going to sit there, and it's going to, and it's going to the crowd's going to go nuts, and it'll probably be during like a 7-0 run. I'm, I already see it. This game's going to be all runs, right? Like, at one point, Auburn is going to go on like a 12-0 run. At another point, Kentucky's going to go on like a 9-0 run. It's going to happen. It's just the way these two teams play, and it's just going to be frustrating the way Auburn does it because they do it by launching threes and forcing turnovers, where Kentucky's a little more methodical in how they do it, where it's, okay, we're, we're going to get the rebound and push, or um, we're, it, Kentucky's runs feel like they always start with a dunk, and then it opens up like a Grady three or Mitch three. So it, it's just a different the way they do it, but I'm, I'm already prepared for – couple of awful severe wheeler turnovers and then you know the Auburn like like uh what's his face um the, what's the like blank on the little point guard Wendell uh Wendell's green shooting from like 35 feet yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting to see how everybody's focused on Jabari Smith and rightfully so I, I have some Paulo Benchero PTSD if Kentucky just yeah. doesn't have anybody that's gonna be able to guard him Jacob, hopefully I mean, Toppin's it's gonna, it's up be, for the it's challenge gotta be Toppin. It's got to yeah. be top, and I, I don't trust Keon Brooks. Like that, actually, that's gonna be the most frustrating part for me is because I like Keon, like he's a really good kid, but man, like you're a junior, can can you show me that next step at some point, please? Offensively, he'll have some good games here and there. Defensively, mm-hmm. I've been shocked with his lack of progression. I don't think Cal's ever had a worse four defensively besides Kyle Wilcher. I mean, I don't know if he's had a guy take worse shots though, like. Wow. Like uh, Keon Brooks, lo- like he lives to pass up a wide open three, take a dribble, and take a somewhat contested mid range jumper. <laughs> UK fans were just freaking out during that A and M game because he was just throwing up some stuff. I, I'm offensively, I think he'll have his time in place. But you're right; you just wish the shot selection was maybe just a little bit smarter because he can knock down when he's open. He can knock down shots. It's when he tries to create himself that it turns out to be a little ugly. Or he steps, you know, onto the line and shoots a 19 and a half footer. Right, like at least miss a three because then, like, at least you're already <laughs> back a little bit. Like, just stop taking. Just stop taking mid-range jumpers. It's all I want. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. We have the Thornton's text line. Normally we wait till the end of the show to get them, but if people are texting in with thoughts or questions for you, uh, we're going to read them to you. Somebody says, Bobby, I love you, but a loss guarantees we don't win the SEC, so they're alluding to this is an important game for Kentucky. It does matter. I mean, it's January. Like, there's so many games left. Like, it's the one thing that to win the SEC, assuming Auburn takes care of business, but Kentucky could not win the SEC, win the SEC tournament, and still get a one seed. Right. I mean, there we there's still what there's seven road games, six more road games after Auburn plus the home games. Like, guess what? Auburn still has. They still have to go to Tennessee. They still have to go to Florida. They still have to go to Arkansas. They still have Alabama at home. Like and they still like even weird games like at Mississippi State. Like we've seen Mississippi State kind of be that, and that's the second last game of the season. That's screaming Mississippi State needs to win to get to the tournament. So like, again, there's so much time left. Where and again, who cares about finishing first or second in the SEC regular season when that doesn't finishing first in, in an unbalanced schedule where it's not the Big East or the Big Twelve where it's a true round robin home and home. I just don't care as much about the like 
And that's, that's not even like the Kentucky fan of me. That's any league where, where it's on down schedule. I don't care who wins the regular season because it's like, well, yeah, guess what? There was one game against this team and, and like, you know, like the ACC. Like if, if Wake Forest wins and it's like, well, okay, who cares? Like typically Duke and UNC play, play twice. Duke plays Virginia twice and Wake maybe catches, I don't know, Pitt twice instead. And it's like, I just don't care. It, it doesn't tell me anything. Well, and, and I think in general, too, when I, I don't remember what Kentucky teams won the SEC regular season championship. Right. I'll remember right. the teams that won the SEC tournament, but but I, I, I really – I know the 2020 team won by a bunch of games, but that's just because that's all we have to go off of. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's so just- that, 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 that part doesn't bother me as much. I, I'm with you, Bobby. I am curious, though, to hear your thoughts on Shaden Sharp because we had that news come yeah. out yesterday. Yeah. Is he going to play? Are you going to be stocked if, shocked if he plays? Are you going to be stunned? Uh, what What's going to happen? Are we ever going to see 21 suit up for Kentucky? I mean, so if he – if I'm Shaden Sharp, I understand, like, yes, I you know, he obviously would want to play, but I also get, like, you're talking multi-million dollars. I'm cool sitting out for the year and then going getting $11 million. I like I get it. I completely get it. All the fans are gonna to want to see him play. He is good. He is really good. The thing is, is like everything's kind of being held very close to the chest. Like there are reports kind of all over. You hear that that Cal might play him. You hear he might just come back. You hear he's just gonna sit out and go. Like I I honestly don't know. Like I'm not gonna be shocked with anything because of the financial um, you know aspect to it all. Like, I understand, like, hey, you know, he's got to protect himself, right? Like, he's he's a, a, a commodity that he needs to hold the value. He can't, you know, depreciate the value. He's got to hold that top, you know, top 10. But if he plays, like, I get it, too, because the guy clearly wants to play basketball. Like, he's he wouldn't have been at Kentucky right now, you know, practicing. He would have just went to announce and say, hey, I'm just going to train for the NBA draft. So, I'm not going to be surprised either way. I hope he plays because I want to see him, like selfishly. But I completely get if he doesn't. Yeah, he's got a golden ticket. We're talking with Bobby right. Regan. We'll get you out of here. We'll talk with him every Friday up until uh, the end of the NCAA tournament, ideally. And then, Bobby, anytime you want to come on, you you know you've got the invite. Give me your Kentucky-Auburn prediction, an MVP for Kentucky, and can they slow down Jabari Smith? So I think Auburn wins just what, you know, I, I'm, I'm always going to lean towards taking a home team, especially in this sort of mind. But no, I don't think it's going to be close because um, Auburn's kind of, and I think it's very overplayed to say something like this, but Auburn's kind of due for a loss. Like they are really good, but they aren't run the table good. Um, and and the reason is, is, is exactly what we talked about earlier with Jabari Smith and Paolo Bancaro. There's just not a great matchup for Kentucky to put on Jabari Smith. Right. And, and even with that, like, like uh, uh, Kessler Walker, Walker Kessler, I always mix up how his name is. He's a good defender, so he's going to bother Oscar in the post. So they kind of have the right defense against Kentucky while having the offense mismatch. In terms of MVP, you know, I think I'm going to go with Ty Ty. Like, I think he's just playing with so much confidence right now. He, it's, he, I'm not, I'm not worried about foul trouble. He doesn't foul a lot. I know he had day in that game, but he's not, he's not always saddled with two fouls in the first half. So, you know, I think he can kind of attack. This is a game that's going to fit him where he can just kind of get it, go, and just play basketball. Like, that's what Auburn does. They just play basketball. It's not very structured, and that's where Ty Ty's at his best. 
So I, I think Ty Ty has a big game. I, you know, I would say Auburn probably wins by like seven after free throws late. Yeah, that's uh, that we'll give our predictions at the end of the show, but I'm I'm along the same lines. Bobby, it's great hearing from you. Gets us all pumped up for college basketball. We'll talk to you next Friday. Have a good weekend. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Barstool Riggs, and uh, hopefully maybe see you on some dozen trivia as well yeah. this week. And, and enjoy watching your Cincinnati Bengals. I know you're, you're, you're oh, really God. cheering for the home team this weekend. Yeah. You can't wait to see those joyous Bengals fans in the streets of Cincinnati. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right bobby we'll talk to you thank you right. again have a good one guys yeah you too bobby regan we're going to hit our last break we'll come back we'll rush through the thornton's text lines we'll give our predictions uh, it's going to be a jam-packed finish to kentucky roll call today on your friday tj walker nick roush and justin kalen we'll be right back Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Yesterday, he had two horses in the stakes race. It was a one-two race between both of them. They end up losing at the end. And, okay, that's bad. That's rough. But, you know, losses happen. There was only two horses and they both lost? With Walker and Roush. The two horses were doing very well. Oh, okay. And I had one of them. It would have been a big win. But instead, he comes in second, loses by length. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call. We haven't even really dug into the Thornton sex line just yet. We will do that momentarily. We'll rip through it quickly. I guess a few of you all that were tweeting into Tariq's, we read them as they came in, but we'll get to the other ones here. want to remind you, Kentucky Roll Call, every day, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 in your morning on your way to work. Replay of the show, 9 to 11 on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM on the FM dial. Give that a listen if you haven't. 1450 AM also works just just great. We got plenty of streaming options, so you can listen anywhere over the globe to Kentucky Roll Call. And if you can't listen live, Roush, there's the podcast. Yeah, uh, brought to you by our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout, and you get 30% off your order at cornbreadhemp.com. They've got all natural, organic CBD products, full-spectrum CBD, full-spectrum flour, where that means they got a little bit of THC sprinkled in there, too. Extra strength to help you get through the new year. Cornbreadhemp.com. The entire year. It will get you through it the entire year. Uh, In all seriousness, I I had a KRC listener, uh, an older KRC listener. They showed me a picture. They got their cornbread hemp. They used the promo code Big X, save 30%, and this person loves it. It is a nice gift. I mean, it's a perfect gift for yourself, but for your parents that may have some achy bones. and That are always uh, complaining about their back. For me, it's my much older brother, super old. You know, it'd be really good for him. He's had back trouble. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It's not a high... Your 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 you know your mood doesn't change necessarily. You just feel your body feels more relaxed. You just you feel mm-hmm. a little bit more comfortable, and you hardly even know it because it just feels normal. So um, if you got those aches and pains, the cornbread hemp goes a long way. Or if you just need something to kind of ease your mind before bed, and 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 get you in a 
good night sleep, not turning Man. over, not twisting and turning. Cornbread hemp can help with that stuff too. You, you know who's going to need some cornbread hemp? Bruce Pearl. <laughs> suck it, Bruce. Oh, suck it, Bruce. You're going down. One You're thing I find down. interesting is, you know, everybody always played up the Cal Patino. Cal hates Patino. These two hate each other. I never bought it because I had I had some inside sources that were like, yeah, I mean, they want to beat each other, but like professionally, they kind of respect each other to some degree. It may not have always been that way, but when they were both rocking and rolling at UK and U of L, they had a mutual respect for one another. Yes, they wanted to beat them, um, but they didn't. There wasn't like animosity between the two that hated each other. Cal does not like Bruce Pearl, though. That is, and, and he had a funny quote after last Saturday's game against Tennessee, you know, honoring Joe B. Hall the way that he did. We respect that. We appreciated that. But said, you know, Joe B., Tennessee is one of those teams for him. He just loved beating Tennessee, and he mentioned a couple other guys that loved beating Tennessee as well. He's like, Tennessee, it, it wasn't. it's not like that for me with Tennessee, and I like Rick Barnes. Maybe it used to be. But not anymore. But everybody's got those coaches that they want to beat, those teams they want to beat. I've got mine. Joe B, his was Tennessee. So he kind of alluded to like, hey, I used to love to beat Bruce Pearl. Uh, Bruce Pearl's his. And it is. Bruce Pearl is the one that he doesn't love. They There's a lot of coaches don't like Bruce Pearl across college basketball. Um, I'm sure personally Bruce Pearl is a fine guy. I've met him once or twice, and he's been nice to me. Um, but that's just, you know, if you're mean in a 20-second interaction, you're probably a real jerk if that's the case. But this is a coach Calipari does not like to lose to. It really ate him up that he lost a Final Four to a, a chance to go to a Final Four and a lead eight game to this guy. This one's going to matter for Calipari. It, it will. It, and, you know, if he loses, it's not going to be the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. But he's going to really want to beat Bruce Pearl Roush because I think he dislikes Bruce Pearl as much as anybody in college basketball. Oh, man. And he's not alone. There's plenty of Kentucky fans that despise him, but it's also like a love-hate thing too, you know, um, because he does have that sound like uh, coaches that we've followed over the years. It makes things interesting. Uh, exactly. His his character, his charisma is good for the sport, but we just love Agreed. to beat the snot out of him. And I know there's plenty of folks on the Thornton's text on that agree. 502-414-1450 is how you get into the show. Um, a texter starts off as saying, if UK beats Auburn and Kansas, Roush grows the horseshoe for the tournament. Ooh, but would it be bad luck if Kentucky beat those teams and then I changed my hair? No, I agree with the texter. If Kentucky can pull out that amazing feat, then you need to do something special for the team, and that's grow out the horseshoe. Uh, yeah, I, sure. Okay. All right. I don't think you're going to have to worry about it. But if you do, that'd be amazing. And it'd be worthy of a horseshoe. I think it would be as well. It would. Um, What's going to be weird is it just like, what do I do with the Chia pet, like on top of the head? You'll you know? shave that. You know, you'll still have to, you'll still have to manicure that. But, but, but like, know. wouldn't I want it to like grow it over up so I could comb it over? That's a, I don't know. You'll have to figure that out when you grow it after. And it wouldn't be a horseshoe. It, well, but you know, but Roush is right though. If you can kind of fold it over to where it plays into the horseshoe, it just mm -hmm. makes that bad boy even thicker. It's something we'll we'll worry about after Kentucky beats Auburn and Kansas. A texter says, Toppin saying, we stayed together. We stayed together. In the postgame video UK posted, it was so adorable. Happy for him and men's experience this, like you guys said. Yep, uh, same way. And I hope Toppin is in a good mind frame on a big money game for Toppin. If he can show that he can kind of defend Jabari Smith, maybe even put some clamps down, that'd be great. The thing is, Jabari Smith is awesome, you all. If you all haven't got a chance to see him, he, he's just kind of the whole package. Um he is going to score double digits on Saturday. 
He's going to get to the line. Let's hope that he doesn't get Oscar in foul trouble. But Toppin needs to be aggressive with him, and it's a game that Toppin should get four or five fouls by the end of it because you're going to need to play him aggressively, try to get in his face, be physical with him. But he's a really, really good player. It's a tough matchup for Toppin, but let's see what he can do. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it fares better than what happened uh, against Paolo. But, uh, you know. Yeah, but they had Brooks on Paolo way too long, and that was the thing that was disappointing about that game. I, you know, and the, Toppin was banged up. I, you know, it's, gosh, so long I kind of forget how it all unfolded, but yeah, yeah I, just keep Brooks away from Jabari, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that would be the best for everyone involved. Uh, another text says, I'm so disappointed I wasn't able to experience the OG K-Layer back in the day. They remade it in 2014, and the fries were absolutely terrible. They were more like baked potatoes in string formation. Sounds like K-Layer back in the day, in your all's day, was a million times better. I actually... Have you tried the new K layer, TJ? It's um, it doesn't have that that the the same grease coating that we came to know and love. Like I got a burger from there once when I was working on campus or something like that, and it just it was fine, but it wasn't. It, it's like they tried to make it too healthy. They tried to church it up. Like no, give me just the the thick greasiness that is that, that is a K layer uh, burger. I haven't been there since the old K-Layer. I, I can't remember, honestly, the last time I ate out in Lexington, just in general. Uh, it seems like when I'm in Lexington, I'm just either going to a football or basketball game and haven't made time to to get a meal beforehand or after. But I want to do that because Lexington is a great food scene, and I miss a lot of places. But, yeah, it sounds like I'll stay clear of the new K-Layer. I don't want to ruin good memories. Yeah, and it's not dingy. You know, there's a lot of natural oh, lighting. No. Yeah, it's just – you're, that was you a good place to go and hide. Screaming at you. Yeah. Roush, spicy, spicy tenders. Uh, it was great. It really yeah. felt like, you know, in all like our favorite TV shows growing up, um, the, the, what was it called? The Max in yes. Saved by the Bell. Yes. And then what was it? Was it Chewy or Chubby's? Chubby's in Boy Meets World. Yeah. Very much Chubby's vibe where they had the little baskets, the red baskets. Yes, Taylor had those. They well. did. That's a yeah. good point. That was yeah. our little, you know, sitcom go-to place. It just you felt you felt right there. Mm -hmm. A texter says, "When oh, uh, oh, by the way, Toppin played 23 minutes in that Duke game. I didn't realize he had played so much in that game. Um, so he'll need to be better. <laughs> he'll yep. need to be better uh, against a, a great stretch four in Jabari Smith that is making his case for a number one pick in the draft. So." Toppin needs to be ready for him. And because because Sheboy's going to have his hands full with Walker Kessler. It is a tough matchup. For as much as I love the matchup against Tennessee, this matchup I don't love as much because it's pretty similar to Kentucky. And you can make a case. Well, you, you would make the case. Jabari Smith is better than anything Kentucky's got at the four. And then Walker Kessler, while I think Oscar is better, it's a formidable matchup. Walker Kessler's taller, so he's you know he's gonna he's a solid shot blocker. It's gonna be tough for Oscar to score. It's gonna be tough for him to rebound. So it's a for as much as I like the Tennessee matchup, Auburn matches up better with Kentucky. And I agree with Bobby. If the game was at Rupp, I'd probably pick Kentucky, but it's gonna be a tough one on the road. A texter says, uh, "I'm so disappointed." Or uh, when the one team dominates as Purdue has for so long, it hardly can be considered a rivalry. At this point, it's just one team that always dominates the other. Wow, except not even a rivalry. Good. Except for last night, suck it. <laughs> Justin, did you even go to bed? I, I, I imagine you and Sparky just going out on a late night of scooting just to celebrate the the win. Surprise! Surprisingly, I was in bed before eleven. 
So, oh. yeah, doing Good big you. things. You you can't tell he got Trump lips, but Mike Stoops is rocking the red hat. And they sent in a picture of uh, Mike Stoops wearing a MAGA hat. Oh, good. No, no, no comment from Rash. I just All think I'm it's going- funny that. <laughs> okay, we 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 know our political leanings of our coaches. I, our, our, yeah, the head, the head, we really do, don't we? I think yeah. the the head coaches of the football and basketball they they should do a political show that brings everybody together because they're oh they're on different sides. But guess I, what? We like football. We like basketball. Who cares? I also would just want to hear a John Calipari, Mark Stoops show because they both have the biggest egos and they like to kind of control the conversation, but they do it in such a different way. And they both are just love bad jokes. So like how they would like the awkward laughter, it would be fascinating to hear them too, like with Tom Leach for, for an hour. Uh, I just, I, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like man uh be entertaining that's what it'd be like a texter says all i'm going to say is it sounds like three and a half inches got busting justin through college just fine giving me way too much credit <laughs> if it's true that sharp is eligible hard to feel like cal didn't get played here would really suck hard to picture any scenario in which he's on next year's team pretty brutal for the program and but it's really not brutal for the program at all yeah well and that's the one or it doesn't thing have that- to be doesn't have to be. It it, it would it stinks as a Kentucky fan, but this notion that like UK is getting played, I mean, well, what does it hurt? Like Cal getting played hurts nothing and can only help you. Yeah, what's the difference if Sharp just said, "Hey, I'm going to the draft. I'm not committing to anywhere in November." Yeah, like, the only way Kentucky got burnt is potentially spending recruiting resources on a guy that's not going to play you. But that happens with everybody who doesn't pick Kentucky to begin with. Exactly. And so, if, if, you know, worst case scenario, he never plays for Kentucky, goes to the draft, he's a top 10 pick. At minimum, Kentucky can be like, hey, pimp up your development when you got to UK. Say how you really took it to the next level once you got in the college program. And then you get something out of that. People just get too emotionally invested as if Sharp is going to their door and saying, hey, look, I'm throwing this UK jersey on the ground and I'm not playing for you, pal. It's not personal. This is all financial and business related. And Sharp seems to be in a pretty damn good position, a position that we'd all love to be in ourselves or our kids to be in. Um, it's yeah. just it, it, it may end up being that, unfortunately, we never see him in a U.K. jersey. I hope that I, we do, though. I, I hope that we do. Um, but it, I just I, I think it's funny, like Cal got played and it's like, did he? He got the number one player to at least hang out on campus for a while. Like, I don't really know. I hope. He, yeah. He and, you know, and, and again, Maybe this is all a surprise to UK, and they're just saying the saying the opposite. If that's the case, then that would be a little disappointing. But you know, what are you going to do about it? People are always looking for something to whine about. Uh, this wouldn't be great news, but it's also not the end of the world, and definitely doesn't really change anything for this year's team and and what's going on right now, which is a pretty fun year if you're paying attention. Texter says you should watch Cheers. Pretty good show. Woody Harrelson was in it, and Frazier spun off from it. Also, Ted Danson. Uh, my favorite Ted Danson show, though, is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, I doubt I'll ever watch Cheers. One day, if I'm like retired and old, I could just maybe binge through a bunch of old shows yeah, just yeah. to see what all the hoopla was about. But um, probably not any time before my my fifties or sixties or seventies, probably. Yeah, and uh, like I'm I'm doing Seinfeld slowly but surely, and that's a nice. Uh, you know, I, it, baby steps, baby steps. Uh, I'm doing the 90s show now. Maybe eventually I'll end up getting to the 80s show. 
A texter says, initially it was a bit frustrated, but I'm over it. Let's see where this year takes us and go from there. I'm excited to see him play, assuming he gets his first minutes next week against Mississippi State. Yeah, that's a, I think that's the right outlook. And I'm, I'm right there with you, texter, whoever you may be. That's, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Remember the six months from now, Sharp won't be on next year's team, but DJ Wagner will. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. January 21st in the year of our award, 2022, DJ Wagner will be a Kentucky Wildcat six months from now. Write it down. Yeah, uh, could be, you know, I, I don't want to rely on Sky Clark. He's he's much further along or further behind with that injury, and that's okay. Uh, you know, he's going to be, I think, a multi-year player at Kentucky. You got Cason Wallace, who I'm super pumped up about. I like him. And if Kentucky has to go hit the portal, there's Grady's out there. You can get some nice players from the portal if that ends up being the position or the path that you need to go, and maybe they do that. I don't get the people who suddenly don't think he'll play this year because of this. Don't think – Things have changed at all in that regard. He probably feels he owes it to Cal, too, if he knows he's leaving. Maybe. I just think if you play, though, you are, you're risking something where you don't have to. So that's why I think maybe he ends up never playing. I hope that he does. But what, the second you got there on the floor, you are risking something that you don't theoretically have to make that risk. Now, again, you are potentially putting yourself in a a better position. What if he goes out there against Mississippi State and actually does a few really nice things? Well, then NBA teams are going to start salivating even more so. So, yes, there could be a benefit, but there's also a risk. So, we'll see. Good morning, guys. I've heard you all mention it this week, but, man, Righteous Gemstones may be the most underrated show on television right now. I, I love it. I enjoy it. I'll just say that it is Danny McBride comedy, though. So yeah, if you have watched other well. Danny McBride shows and it's not for you, then this won't be for you. If you've watched other Danny McBride shows and you love them, then you got to watch it because it's hilarious. Texter uh, says, second thought, guys. Or second thought. Guys, I need help. I'm way too invested in Memphis having an embarrassing season. No, I shouldn't care, and it should not make me as mad as it does. But I will just never forgive Penny for robbing Kentucky and really all of college basketball of a player's full potential like a James Wiseman, Jalen Duran, et cetera. I mean, just imagine what a James Wiseman front court would have done for that 2019-20 team or Jalen Duran this year. And Kentucky aside, I'm 100% convinced that had any of the kids gone literally anywhere else, they would have been more successful. Gosh, suck it, Penny, you absolute trash coach, or as Justin would say, cheeks. Have a great weekend, and let's beat the hell out of Auburn. I would not say cheeks, by the way. Oh, you say cheeks every day. I say cheeks when it's brought up in a text. I don't personally say it. The first time we hung out, there was that girl, and you said, look at those cheeks. Remember? I did not. Nope. (laughs) False news. It ended up just being Trevor, too, by the way. (laughs) So does this mean Shaden Sharp has pulled a fast one on UK and he won't ever play in a Kentucky uniform? Maybe. That's Shadon. That's true. Shadon. One other thing about that video, does it feel like C.J. Frederick's like teasing a – a comeback at some point as well? I didn't get that, but maybe. Yeah. I don't I, like, know. I would like I to see a C.J. Frederick. I just like, want to see him play. And then, like, if UK's playing so poorly at A&M, like, he's somebody that is immune, I think, to a completely cold shooting night. So I would well, – I can't wait to see him play in a U.K. jersey. I just – I don't think it's going to be this year. Hmm. Hey, if we don't get Shadon back, at least we'll get CJ. Okay. 
There we go. Make me feel better about Kentucky's backcourt. A texter um, says, wild crowd at Assembly Hall last night. And the next texter says, good IU game, Scoots. I hit the second half line on Purdue minus five. So not a bad night, in my opinion. Pretty sad. A court storming ensued after beating the number four team in the country. Shows how low IU basketball really is. It's it's less about the number four team in the country and just more about um, the fact that it's a it's a rivalry. Like, it, supposedly and you would think you would you would ex- have that expectation to beat that team but indiana they just love storming courts That's i, I think thing. it was a little bit of both if we're being honest roush i mean if if purdue is not a top 25 team last night indiana does not rush the floor it, it also was uh, we don't know that it was kind of like That's a true. light court storming too did you notice that mm-hmm. no i thought it was i thought it was too quick i thought it was too quick of a court storming really i, I was yeah. kind of i thought it almost slowed its roll no i i mean it wasn't Kentucky IU in 2011, but it was. I, I mean, as soon as that ball kind of rimmed out of the the hoop, they they were there. At least what I saw. But um, they're just whatever. I, if IU now, if they like play into the team that always court storms, that could be kind of funny. But they're not doing that. They're they're just genuinely surprised and excited to beat their rival, which is sad. Indiana basketball, sad. What's new? I But they're back, three head coaches. I, you can suck it, but I found myself rooting for them tonight, strictly for Scoots. I'm happy for him. Also, that Memphis is getting all the smoke Penny wanted. Memphis fans stand up until the first the team's first basket, and they didn't score until after the first TV timeout. Ha, ha, ha. Suck it, Anthony, Dion Hardaway. Have a great weekend, fellas. Ah, Anthony. People forget that's his real name. The next texter, Justin, I was actually happy for you, IU won, and then you nerds had to storm the court and show once again how low of a program IU has fallen. Enjoy the win, though, my dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say about the court storming. I'm not in favor of it. Hate that it happened. Court, court storming, storming, just, just like, like field-, field storming, is for middle-tier programs. I love when UK storms the field because we don't claim to be a historic blue blood football program. With that being said, is it is good for college basketball when passionate – Fan bases like IU are good. Glad they have some hope for the first time in a long time. Uh, Justin, I think I enjoy the like just fart sniffing from Indiana folks more so than anything. Like Rob Finnessy, he was not going to go over against Purdue. This is he, he, the the kid from Lafayette is is taking control. This was his game, a legacy game for Rob. It's like, gosh, you cornballs. It, it is cool, though, that he had that game because Rob Fennessy has not been good this year, like no. not even a little bit. I think that was actually the first shot I've seen him hit all year. Yeah. <laughs> Too much IU talk. Wow, did you all see Penny's postgame comments? They put Max to shame. Memphis fans were so cocky these past three years, too. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. We talked about that in hour one. Uh, rewatch the yeah, A&M game. Tough, okay. tough to watch most of the game, but, we, but good we got challenged. We got a challenge win under the belt. TJ, please send Buzz Williams some of the cornbread hemp ASAP. If there has ever a been a before and after opportunity, here it is. Thought that guy was going to keel over. A lot of people were concerned about Buzz's health. Um, I think some cornbread hemp would do him wonders. It really. Promo really, code Big X, 30% off. Purdue, more like Purdue. <laughs> Indiana. Yeah. I'll be excited to hear the Hoosier report here. The Hoosier report here at 11 on Big X. It's going to be a really fun show for those folks. Uh, Texter says, Scooter Dingus giving a flat-out massive suck it to both Roush and TJ. TJ, is Justin a better better than you? Last time I checked, Justin took plus three, and he didn't even need the points. TJ, will you be paying Justin $20 in cash or Venmo? I'll be paying him in uh, 
in in grilled shrimp. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out. You'll get 20 grilled shrimps. Nope, nope. You said yesterday that I get 20 and free lunch. No, no. There's no free parlay free lunch in here. My my financial my financial situation has changed since last (laughs) evening. You will you will you will get your twenty dollars, but unfortunately I think this actually was your turn to pick up lunch. Then I am taking one of your free meal coupons. (laughs) <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Uh, the fi- My finances have changed. I got to look out for my daughter at this point. I can't I go out and that's get fair. free shrimp just to anybody. Uh, Texter says, Justin, did you say come on or that's right after the infamous in- infamous Justin voice when Indiana pulled off the big win? It, it was more of a come on. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was a more excited come on. We haven't heard that much excitement since your Walmart days. I was pretty pumped. I'd like to offer my condolences to Memphis and their basketball team. Oh, wait, never mind. Suck it, Memphis. That's from Brett. Yeah, suck it, Memphis. This is from Kirby. Kids keep falling for Penny just to win nothing. When will they learn? Good question, Kirby. He comes back and says, Terry, I respect the realists in you, but don't be so negative Nancy with Sharp. It's a reverse psychology play to not get hurt. Carry on, but there's always a chance. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm just saying the realism of like, when Kyle Tucker was saying yesterday that he still expects him to play next season, I don't. I really don't. I hope that he's right, and if he is, I'll take a big fat L on it. But you don't have kids passing up top ten money all willy-billy. It's just not something that happens. Maybe Sharp is unique. Maybe he's sticking to his word and all that stuff, but it's just not a thing that really happens in reality, unfortunately. Um, while we're issuing out some suckets, uh, a big sucket to Louisville, uh, they're really doing their best to distract their fan bases. They had their Lamar retirement this week. They're having their Russ Smith jersey retirement. Um, a great distraction from an otherwise awful basketball team. So, uh, suck cards. Did you see Tim Sullivan? He, uh, he, he, I'm going to make a booger joke, but he had the, the, the numbers on UofL from the pandemic year from the year before. They've like, they're down like 19 million, I think. Yeah. Most profitable school in the country, right? Hey, but they could just build a new on-campus arena. It wouldn't leak. Somebody took a picture of the student section. It was like, yeah, we need more. We need a student's arena. That's what we need. You can say Cal got burned by this and totally understand the kid leaving. That said, when his camp said he wasn't playing this year and didn't understand why was naive, uh, he knew leaving may be an option and why be dissected when you can remain a top 10 mystery. Ah, the mystery. Mystery prospect. Everybody loves a mystery box. The texter says, someone needs to tell Bob, we already read that one. John here, good sports weekend to all. This weekend is about to be cray-cray. I have my Cats and Chiefs getting victories by 7-plus. Tell me, guys, which game do you think will be the game of the weekend of any sports event? Well, have a great weekend. Got to go talk to you later. You too, John. I think that the Rams-Bucks game is going to be an awesome, awesome football game. Yeah, and I ultimately just trust Tom Brady more. But, sure, you'd be silly. I mean, you well, hold on, Roush. You trust him more than Matthew Stafford? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, Liam Cohen's going to the game, though. He's he's going to be rocking his Ram stuff. Uh, Ooh, a little trip to Tampa. I hear it's nice this time of year. Here they got some decent uh, football players down there, too. He might be paying visits to. We'll, we'll give some predictions here at the end. Yeah. Hey, I, I, find I've, I finished the whole interview. You all did a great job with that. It was Thanks, cool. Buddy.
Thank you. Thank I you. noticed he always would say good question to Luckett's questions, but I'm not sure if he said that about oh, your question. He says good questions to all of Luckett's questions, and I've gotten one good question in like a year of him being here. And it's it, frankly, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a fireball offense for Luckett. I've just got to get him that. I got to squeeze him out if I'm going to get any good questions in the near future. Oh, Texter says. LZ needs to be fired now. She has destroyed what Matthew Mitchell has built. Yeah, I think a change in direction at the end of the season needs to happen. The UK women's team just stinks. They're horrible. They're really bad, and you've got the best player in college basketball. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it's bad. Baseball and basketball will will need some changes. Oh, man. Hey, good recruiter. Head coach? I don't know. Uh, Texter says, okay, texting and walking was a bad idea. Let me try again. You can say Cal got played and also that you don't blame Sharp for leaving. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. If his camp told Cal he wanted to come but didn't want to play this semester, that almost seems like they knew this was a chance. Think of UK or our fans didn't see that. They were being naive. Made the comment almost immediately. That said, why have his game being dissected with a bone saw and plummet like BJ Boston did? Cal is starting to get some goodwill back, and I hate that it is likely to happen. And he will like a a guy who got played, or b the newest example that he cares more about the kids than the team success, which most should already be aware of. But these reminders make them super triggered. Uh, in the transfer portal era, I'm sure we'll be fine, but it is admittedly annoying, and that's the big thing. Is it's it's annoying. It's annoying as a fan. But again, it should be annoying for next season. Um, it 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 should not it should not be any sort of distraction from this year. And I just feel like Kentucky, you know, my prediction, I'm going to pick, I'll do it now, but I'll pick Auburn. I think Auburn's going to win. I hope that I'm wrong. And I agree with Bobby's sentiment that it's, I'm going with, you know, probably like a seven or eight point win. I think it'll come down to the final TV timeout, but Auburn will, you know, get a friendly whistle, whatever it may be. And they'll, they'll pull out a close win. We won't be feeling too terrible about it. Maybe we'll be mad that they were close and had a chance to pull it out, but but ended up coming up short. But I just I feel like between the loss Roush and then the sharp news, I, I could see Saturday just being an annoying social media day. Like just don't be that person. Oh, yeah, it could be. Because there's well. there's still the people out there that any time that they can take anything from Cal and whine and moan and groan, they'll they will not seize the opportunity. So I think they're gonna have one. Uh, I think they're going to have one maybe tomorrow. Could you see Bruce Pearl going to Louisville? No, because I think Auburn's in a better – I think they're just kind of a better job right now. He's able to get good players to Louisville. They've got good fan support with the way things are going right now. I don't think he'd go to L. Texter also says, uh, the most underrated K-layer meal was the breakfast pizza. I don't know what the hell that regular Sabaro pizza there was, but the breakfast version hit every time. Oh, yeah, they did have that. It wasn't – was Yeah, they did have that pizza stand there. People forget that. Yeah, people do forget that. But I got that, pizza from time to time. Yeah, and it, the breakfast, though, it was good. It was just a matter of waking up for it. Um, that part. Didn't do a lot of waking up early in college. Mm. All right. Um, you all want to give your Auburn-Kentucky predictions? Man, I, I'm worried um, because of just – I know this is a big game, and even though, as Bobby said, it doesn't hurt you necessarily if Kentucky loses – but I still just want to beat those bastards so bad. Uh, ultimately, I think they just have a few too many big guns and end up winning the game 78-75 in a fun one on CBS. Wow. I've got, a, I've got a similar spread. I think Kentucky falls by four, 68-64. Okay. I'm taking all the home teams and playoff games this weekend, all of them. But I think they're all pretty entertaining games for the most part with maybe one blowout. But I'm taking all the home teams – 
home home field rules, and we. Yeah, I think I'll be doing that. Yes, sir. Nice. Any you all have any predictions or that just in the show? I mean, Chiefs. That uh, I really like the Chiefs this weekend. I'm uh I'm gonna throw a surprise prediction out. I'm gonna say the Bengals beat the Titans this weekend. Mm. If Derrick Henry wasn't back, maybe, but Bengals defensive line so banged up, and yeah. that's not a good thing to have to go against Derrick Henry with a, a banged up defensive line. So while I think it's gonna be entertaining, it's gonna be a close game, and I can't wait to see Burrow and Chase down there, and I'm sure they'll do some good things. I take the Titans in a close one. Everybody have a good I like weekend. The over in that game. What a point. Go Bills. Not a lot of defense. Over 47 and a half. This was a fun show. Thanks for Bobby Regan for coming on. All the text messages into the Thornton's text line. We'll see you on Monday. Everybody be safe. Have a good weekend. Go Cats. Go Cats.